Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ballplayer podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here in our 54th episode, where I get to highlight and have great conversations with great people that are growing our game, teaching our people, teaching the people we have, using the stage that we have to grow the game and grow our players, not just as great physical tools, but to also grow them in skills that they will use beyond the game of baseball. And right now, I'm highlighting and really just on a kick of just looking at some assistant coaches because I really believe that great programs are, are also built around great assistant coaches. You need that guy behind the scenes caring for the program, looking for the best interest of kids, helping to highlight and take things off of the head coach's plate. And today I get a chance to talk to Brian Madsen. BMAD is an incredible person. He's been on some national podcasts. He's friends with Jeremy Sheetinger, one of the best uh, good friends, and just an incredible person I've got a chance to meet this year and just really fortunate to be able to call this guy up and text him and then for him to carve out some time for me was just incredible. And um, been able to spend some time with him this year. It's unbelievable. You know, People talk about this year and COVID and how terrible it was and I've been really blessed uh, through this podcast and just through the the people I've gotten to know um, this year, and, uh, and and Brian's right up there. So Coach Madsen, he's from California. He is uh, assistant coach at Arroyo Grande, Grande High School uh, in California, Arroyo Grande High uh, in California, and uh, he's also coaches with USA Baseball. He's a coaching staff member there, part of USA Baseball. Gets our USA across his chest, and um, he's also the co-founder of Coastal Empire Baseball. Him and RJ, RJ was a uh, guest last week on the show, and um, both guys are just extremely passionate about infield, and um, they're just ex- extremely passionate uh, about servant, a uh, servant, and, and, and serving uh, the youth, and serving the game, and serving the communities around them. And um, and uh, you'll hear Brian talk about that selflessness, and talk about wanting to make someone else a hero, trying to live today to help someone else become a hero. He's a former Marine, served our country, and many deployments. And I've gotten to hear him talk about the walk, and his he, he talks, about, talks about that perspective um, a couple times during our conversation. So I want to thank you for that service, first and foremost, for sure. And, um, yeah, but Brian is a true servant and Brian is a true patriot, uh, talks about how much you know, the, the anthem means to him, especially when he's wearing the USA. And just, uh, just a dude, uh, Brian Madison is just a dude. He's a girl of men, uh, relationship based coach and, um, but a very passionate coach, very, very intense, can be very intense and, um, is known throughout the country for what he does, and uh, Oro Grande is is fortunate to have such a great man, an assistant coach who really just wants to serve and serve Arroyo uh, as best as he can, so um, can't wait to dive into this conversation with you guys, uh, we go through some great stuff from, like I said, his relationships, how he's able to do things that head coaches are not, aren't able to do, uh, from being pulled in so many different directions, and that's what he really enjoys about the, the assistant coach role. And um, 
from the things he gets to do from a defensive standpoint and from base running standpoint and just the lessons that he's learned uh, through his career of being a great assistant and being where your feet are. So without further ado, again, Brian can't thank you enough. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one with assistant coach Brian Matson of Royal Grande High School, USA Baseball, co-founder of Coastal Empire Baseball. Here he is, Brian Matson. The idea that you're almost a little more hands-on, you know, you kind of feel like you're in the trenches. You don't have to worry about the the uh, extenuating stuff, and, and you're just building relationships and teaching kids how to play baseball, you know, and life. And it's, I think, you know, sometimes the head guys got so much on their plate, you know, from fundraising to this to that, and they're pulled six different ways in practices, and then maybe as an assistant, you get those closer relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can really dig in and, and get to know these kids a little bit. And when you're working in a smaller group, you know, if I have, like today, I had infielders for a little bit, I had my outfielders and uh, you just, you break them up into little groups and I think you can get to know them a little more. And I think that helps on the back end, maybe where there is a problem or, or you see the kid is maybe not like he normally is, you know, and, um, and, and, and you see that better where, but I know some head guys that have some great relationships too. You know, yeah. I just, I've seen situations to where sometimes that the, the head guy's not at practice for an hour. He's got a ton of admin stuff to do or things like that. Right. So that's, that has kind of always taken me away from it. Um, from really wanting to do that. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but right now I'm just, I'm happy where I am. Do you find it where, they just open up more to you than they would maybe to the head coach. Yeah. Um, I think maybe because I have I have more of an opportunity to be around them. Like I said, in those smaller groups or when you have a, an inf- like today I was working with my shortstop on just backhands and getting in the right spot. And, and you have those little 10 minute snippets where it's just you and him. And then it's, you're talking, you're talking about backhands and the next thing you know, you're talking about how things going, how was your weekend, you know, like how was Passover, things like that. Legitimate conversations we have, you know, because you get to know them. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, I've had opportunities to do some things and I haven't done them. And I'm not saying it'll never happen, but as long as I can continue to, to build those relationships with the right people around me to help me do that, that's because that's what matters. At the end of the day, we're trying to build, you know, husbands and fathers, not to major league players they tend to kind of build themselves they do amen to that bro um i mean it's just and it's just so fortunate do you um have you been at a royal grande your whole time in your whole career um i helped out uh in florida a little bit with nick james um a little bit down south uh orange county area but as far as as my coaching career yeah, it's it's been a Roy Grandy. Because so, mm-hmm. the and the reason I asked too is just be a matter of like, is it a matter of like hooking your wagon to a specific guy for what they believe in, or hooking your guy to a certain wagon? Um, right. do, do you do you have like a any kind of advice there? Is that, is that something that, that is important to you, or like the reason you've kind of stayed on there? Well, uh, first and foremost, it's a fantastic place. Like I'm very lucky in California where I live. I have a really good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the coach I coached with, we have a new coach this year, Steve Tolley, um, who was on staff last year. 
um, and kind of took over from a, a guy that had been there 20 years, Brad Latchman. And, uh, you know, Brad's one of my best friends and I, I enjoyed coaching with him. Um, I enjoy where I live. Um, I, I enjoy the life it gives my family. And I am the guy that's like, I'm, I'm comfortable where my feet are, you know, and if, and if I, you know, I, that's number one, you know, my family is number one. And there's been some things where I have to pick up and go different places. And I'm lucky in California. I'm right by the beach. I'm not in LA. I'm not in San Francisco. I'm right in the middle. And, and I have a fantastic situation. So it, it, that's part of it too, is this area where mm -hmm. I'm at. Um, we, we made a ton of headway. I feel like I really jumped up coaching in the last two years. Like I don't, I think we were good and I was a decent coach, but I feel like in the last two years, I've bought into so many things that almost make me think I don't know anything that I'm consistently learning more and more. And more. Like, you know, all those guys that I talk to on a daily basis and, yeah. and I see someone like a Butch or Sheetinger or Adam Mosley, who's been coaching for a while. And those guys are still trying to figure it out. So it's like, that's how I need to be at. And I haven't been coaching near as long as him. So I've been really grinding down both in coaching and my, my life on just being a zero, being neutral, seeing what I can work on to get better, seeing how I can make relationships better, both personal life with strangers and in baseball and just realizing you're on the ground floor. And, and in the last, I don't know, two years, I kind of feel like I've just jumped this level in my head, like the confidence Mm -hmm. everything you know it's just all kind of coming together so it, and it's great and then at the same day i'm like oh, i don't know anything today i gotta learn something more today so <laughs> yeah so really centered around just being a learner is really what's what you thought is kind of taking the next step yeah you know i was I, I i really i feel bad for people that think they've got it all figured out like to think well i'm not gonna learn anything new i know it all and this is what life is. And it's like, I'm, I'm 46 years old and it's, and my life continues to get better and better and better. And I think that mindset helps, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't get, I didn't get married till I was 30. Well, let me see. I better get this right. 39. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and I'd have been a, a terrible husband, like when I was in my mid twenties and and so now I got married and I had my kids and it's just like, it, there's more and more to offer in life. Mm -hmm. And it's like that in coaching too. It's like, there's, there's so much more to offer every day. It's, it's learning a new way to do something and then being able to translate that to the kids. And um, I had a kid the other day tell me, there's a kid that's been here four years. And he listened to, he took a fastball to the face and a mm -hmm. scrimmage, had surgery, tough kid. He's back already. Um, this was only like a month ago. And he goes, yeah, you know, can you send me your podcast? Even I did the one I did with Sheetinger. Yeah. Um, and he, it's so satisfying. He comes up to me and he texts me. He goes, coach, I really appreciate you. I realize now that it's not just about me and these three people on the team. It's about everybody. It's about the worst guy on the team to the best guy. You know, those guys need as much attention and to see him have that growth. It's really almost the most like good for you, you know, and, and now keep learning, take what you just learned and put that to the rest of your life and understand that you don't know anything. You don't know anything. I don't know anything. You're learning, you know, it's where am I going to be in six months? I'm, I don't know. I didn't think I'd ever be here doing what I'm doing. So 
it's it's a it's a it's a cool life if you let it be cool and realize you don't know anything you know and yeah. just kind of walk through it dumb and try to pick things up as you go yeah so like the the humbleness you know too i think you get people also say being humble you know how would you okay because you're a marine or are you say yeah. full marine how how do you was it hard for you? Like you said, you kind of made this transition here later on in life. Was it hard for you to, to be that humble and say, I don't know anything as a Marine? Like when you were said when you were younger, your mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I had a, a rough transition out of the Marine Corps. Um, not for any, you know, I guess everybody has their own emotional things and mental things they go through, but I think I genuinely thought that everybody owed me something, mm. you know, and so, so to say, where, where's the humility come from? I think humility comes from the world showing you that you're not as good as you think you are, or you're not as important as you think you are. You know, there's okay. billions of other people out there and I'm just a speck, but I, I need to make sure that my little circle in the world is good. And then other people. So I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I think for a long time I did. And I think that I thought, um, that people owed me something and I, and, and it, it, it wasn't, it didn't benefit me. That thought doesn't benefit me. It didn't benefit my personal life. didn't benefit my professional life. Um, I think when I stopped thinking about myself so much and thinking that the world revolved around me, then things started getting better incrementally. And then now it's like, I'm the smallest thing on the earth and it's fantastic. I love, I love, I love seeing the world like that because there's people you run across daily who their lives just as important as yours and they don't even know who you are. So it's like, I, I think somebody told me uh, a psychologist or told me one time, you have two types of people in the world. You have people that look at life as a, as a bullseye and they're in the middle and everything revolves around them. Mm. Then you have people look at it like a checkerboard, right? There's, <laughs> there's different colors, different things. But everybody's pretty equal. All the squares are pretty equal. And that's the world. That's how I see the world. Like, to understand there's people out there that don't think like you. They have different experiences. And you have to give those people a chance to live their lives. And, and by me walking through life thinking that everybody owed me something was completely unfair to, to myself and them. So the humility comes from getting kicked in the teeth by life when I thought I was better than I was. Mm-hmm. And then to have the awareness and the self-awareness and put yourself around good people. Yeah. And now here you are, you know, continue to learn and get better. Well, you know, what's funny? Like I say, I say, I don't believe in luck, right? I don't believe in luck. I like, if I could teach my children something, I want them to think they're, <laughs> this is sounds bad. I'm just hear this out. I don't, I want them to think they're unlucky, unlucky and they're not smarter than anybody. Right. So, there's no luck. No one's going to just, nothing's just going to fall in your lap. You got to work harder than anybody and everybody else is smarter than you. So you got to work harder than them for that too. So mm-hmm. don't think even from like writing things down, I, I, I consistently tell people, Hey, write it down. I'll remember it. Write it down. I'll remember it. You think you're smarter than you are. You're not going to write it down. You're not going to remember it. Like just, I think like I'm not that smart. Write it down. And yeah. then, now I have notes all over my house. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. It's, it's, it comes from work and it's the decisions like life is miserable and here's how you got there. Why don't you do the opposite? Try something different and see how that works. So, mm. yeah. So cool, man.
It's awesome. It's, you know, it, it's, it's almost being, um, being comfortable, um, not, not being, uh, having more interest in not being not happy, but being satisfied. Right. Like I, there's a lot of things I could do that are super fun. It would make me really happy. That wouldn't be good for other people. Um, it wouldn't be good for my marriage. It wouldn't be good for my children, but the hard work that I put in to be a good father, to be a good husband, to remind myself that it's not a satisfying. Um, and, and that's, that's where I look at it. Like stop having fun and start being satisfied. Being satisfied. And being like what you, like you said earlier about being where your feet are. Yeah. And didn't realize you need to wake up and work for that satisfaction again, because that day's over and you know, it's time to move on. Then you got to go just, you know, RJ says it, you know, 0.01% better every day. And if you look at that over years, that's kind of how I got to where I am in 46 years. And I'm mm. super stoked to where I'm be in 50 years. You know, those challenges and mental fights that you have with yourself. And, and sure. I, I look forward to those now instead of running from them. Awesome. You look forward to those conversations. Yeah, I, I, I look, I don't, man, when I'm comfortable, when I'm comfortable, nothing good happens. I hate to say it. I'm, I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable. If that is, is okay. When I am um, like, I, if I don't get up and work out, I'm in a different mood. And it's just like, you got to put in your time and your effort and in, in all aspects, mm -hmm. you know, no free lunches in nature. That's right. That's right. Awesome. We're rolling, man. We are rolling. I knew it. I knew it. Um, so let's get into then, like, so the conversations you get to have. So do, are there most of those relationships and the most of these skills you're trying to even bring when you're trying to talk to the kids? Like you just talked about the kid who got hurt. Um, are you mostly just like the small group kind of authentic spur of the moment kind of here it is at practice for 10 minutes or like, will you be even more, does your head coach allow you maybe some t specific time, maybe like in a classroom setting or, do you do like once a week kind of sessions? Um, I've been, I've been really fortunate that the two head coaches that I've had here, Brad and Steve um, have really given me a lot of freedom to address the team, talk to the team, take the time uh, to instruct the team before we go on the field. Um, some of it goes, <clears throat> you know, after BP, the other team's taking BP and we'll go sit in the classroom and talk. And sometimes we talk about life and sometimes we talk about what we could do better. Um, I try and decompress them. Sometimes it's text messages um, like, hey, you good? You looked a little off today. And it's like, okay. And then those can turn into longer conversations that maybe you make a phone call or you just text and then you talk the next day, you check in on them. And you know how teenagers are. The next day, the world's great again. Yeah. So, um, I'm really lucky that I think both head coaches understand I have something to offer and they, they give me that freedom. Mm -hmm. I have, I've been blessed with head coaches that don't have to be the end all be all. It's great. Yeah, that is, that is definitely nice. I'm sure you would have a feel there too, if you weren't sure. going to be able to do that, but yeah, it's very understandable there for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you see guys like, you know, like Butch and like Chuck, they do a lot of these, uh, I'm not like, but like, um, 
you know, like Chuck's like big mental training, toughness training stuff that they do. Like, do you yeah. do kind of things like that within like the, you know, kind of your background and stuff like that? Are you big into those kind of things? Sure. Um, well, we do, we do meditate daily. We do. Um, and the, the guys are kind of bought into it and it's cool where, um, these kids that I've had trouble with the, the, the kid that sent me the text about the last guy being as important as him and the other, and three other guys has, it, it hasn't been a perfect relationship for four years, you know, cool. and that's um, not to get into that too much, but you see growth in this kid and you see a humility and that's the awesome part. And he's, he's learning and you almost, you know, um, as far as mental toughness, I try and get them to understand that things could be worse. This is, this is a very small price to pay for, um, you know, you, you know, even go from running and being tired to lifting weights. Like there's, there's many people that are going through much more. Um, and you got to keep their perspective on things, keep the perspective. And that's like, you know, we talked about the walk, you know, yeah. understand understand that somebody woke up today and went to a, a boat helicopter plane or bus and they're going to go to a foreign land and they may never come back and they shut that door to their home they kiss their wife their girlfriend whatever it is their kids and they went somewhere they're not going to be back six months to a year they don't even know if they're coming back like that's hard that getting walking out your door making that same walk to your car and going to high school that's not difficult like that's, that's, you may be tired. It may be a pain, but to really think about what some people do to give you the ability to do that, um, is, is really, it's not even humbling. It's like this big source of pride where you feel you need to go be your best. If people are going to do that for you, I mean, think about it. Think about walking out. I never had a wife, girlfriend, children when I was in the Marine Corps, but I had friends that went on multiple deployments and I left their families and didn't know if they were coming home. And I would ask them, like, I don't know how you do it. Mm-hmm. And they would, their answer would be, well, that's why we do it, you yeah. know, for those people. So so everybody here can keep doing what they're doing. So we don't have wars in America. So we go do it over there, you know. So yeah. when you put things in perspective, it makes it easier. Now, they don't understand that because they're, you know, teenage boys, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And their world is what it is. But sometimes when you open up their mind to other things, then it gets them through, you know, gets them. And this pandemic's been weird. It's been weird in California, you know, and you you think that, you know, the parents want the kids to play and <laughs> the kids aren't playing enough and the parents are upset. So it's like, well, six months ago, you said all you wanted them to do is be on the field. Yeah. And now back to the same stuff. So it's, it is what it is. And that's, that's part of the grind, I guess. But um, just and, and tell them that, like, you know, you're mad because you made an error. Well, a year ago, you got kicked off the field, didn't get to play for a year. Mm-hmm. Keep you in know, perspective. Error is not that big of a deal. Right. You know? So keep it in um, perspective. So you don't yeah. seem like a guy like, you know, how people talk about going to war and things like that before our game set, you know, have a game mindset. You don't seem like you're on that train at all. No, not really. I mean, it doesn't mean I can't have intensity, but I don't, I don't use those terms. Right. Say I don't have a, and you know, Sheets and I talked one time for a while. He takes it like offensive and he thought, I go, I don't, 
I understand what they're trying to do. I get yeah. it. And at the end of the day, it's a backhanded compliment, like, you know, because that's the ultimate competition is war or battle. Sure. And sure. you're trying to get those guys in that mindset. And I could see where people get offended and I'm, I'm whatever. On the other hand, I just, I almost don't want them to think that way in this game. Maybe if we were playing football. No, that's a good point. It's, I want them to understand like, hey, let's just stay, stay where we're at. Something good is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. And I think you're, you would find um, Marcus Luttrell was talking on something and uh, he actually said the same thing. You know, in, in combat, you need to stay calm. You can't be charged up and go running through walls, yelling and screaming. You have to, you have to communicate. You have to stay calm. So I think I understand the metaphor. I don't use it. Um, my big thing is the last thing I say to my guys is, um, Hey, play for the guy next to you, play for another teammate. What can you do today to help somebody else be a hero? And, um, and I tell them I love them and then I run in and it's on them, you know, what can you do? What can you do to make someone else a hero? Yeah, that's That's it. Like if you can get them thinking that way in life, then I'll be fine. You know, not what can I do to be the biggest thing today, but what, what can I do to make somebody else a hero today? That's it right there. Just absolute selflessness. Yeah. It's a tough one. And we are man, we're 99% selfless on my team right now. And I think the guys that are that 0.1% or that 1%, they're right there. They just don't quite get it. And they will, they'll get it because mm-hmm. they're good kids. And, 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 uh, it's just a, a couple more weeks and they'll get it. Mm-hmm. it just takes time, you know? For sure. No, and they're also just testing your commitment to it. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a lot of times what they do for us, you know, are we going to be about it? Are we going to let this guy just cause he might be the dude and you know, are we going to actually stay what we say, stand up for what sure. we do? Well, I mean, we are right now we're four and oh, and we're ranked pretty high. And we're really, really, really busting our backsides on everything that we can control. I have zero complaint. I mean, I, we've maybe had two instances where we had to tell a kid, hey, you need to run hard. Yeah. The mistakes we're making is because we're going 200 miles per hour instead of 195. You know, like yeah. I'm a big running guy. I'm a big base running guy. And we're, we're running the right way. And, and even when we make outs, I kind of look, you know, and like, well, if he doesn't hesitate, he's safe. Yeah. So it's almost like, don't hesitate. Go, go, you know, so. So diving into that, maybe a little bit of baseball here is, so you you know, we know based on what you said earlier, I know that you work with inverters and then you're, so you're also able to put your base running system into? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like so how have that, how's that been going? So like, will your coaches give you full reign of the base running system? Yeah. That's awesome. So defense and base running is pretty much my full reign, you know, and we work together as a yeah. team and you got to take what the head coach wants to do and implement it. I can have suggestions and there's been things that they don't want to do, but very few, but um, it's like, but on the other hand, it's like, I, I'm lucky enough to learn this from the smartest people in this game. Right. So why wouldn't you want to do it? You know, right. like, um, uh, yeah, so our base running is very, we're, we're, you know, for lack of a better word, I know it's been said, we're, we're green lights down, the throttles down the whole time. And even the situation, 
I was talking about, you know, everybody does the, Hey, if you read a curveball in the dirt and you get thrown out at second and you did it right, it's on me. That's fine. And I, I'm completely into that. We had a situation with two outs guy on first, got a great secondary ground ball, the third baseman. He makes a turn, reads the throw, reads. It's going to be a short hop, takes off to a third first baseman knocks it down. It just happens to stop right in front of him. I mean, it's perfect place. Picks it up, throws him out of there. Yeah. Well, he's out by an inch and you go, ah, third out at third with our big hitter coming up. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And I kicked it back and forth. I kicked it around like, you know, um, and then you look at the video and I even asked the kid he goes, I hesitated, man. I shouldn't have hesitated. And, uh, I go, okay. So I watched the video and he did, he made the turn and he stopped, watched it. Where if he just keeps going, there's nothing to lose. The guy's going to pick the ball or he's going to be the third out, but just don't hesitate next time. Keep going, keep going, even make him get a rundown. I don't know. But, and I think like that, that base running to me is, is a metaphor for life almost like let's go full commitment. And if you're going to commit, go hard, go hard in life. Like go, if you're going to go, go. If you're not going to go, then stay there. But and and that's life too. Like if you're going to do something, do it. Don't don't halfway. You know, and that's what happens. We get in trouble when we go halfway. Mm. When we when we when we stop making the turn, well, then now we get in trouble because we hesitate when he didn't need to hesitate, and it wasn't even about making a third out at third base because he'd been safe by ten feet if he just didn't hesitate. Mm-hmm. So. so here's a big plan. Here's a big time. There's a big time play. You're talking about a ground ball hit the third, ground at first base. He's reading the the angle coming around second base. What you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. So like, how do you put that? So like, are there think are those? How do you like to put that into? Will there be specific drill work that you're going to put into practice during your specific drill time? Will you build that into your infield <clears throat> stuff based on time? Because I know you're a public school, right? Yes. So like, I'm sure you have some time restraints and things like that. Time is of the essence, yes. Right. So how are you able to because that's a pretty big time play, you know, yeah. and that's not that's not your standard uh just your regular dirt ball read off a pitcher. You're talking like, okay, this guy's three. So how do you put that in with the time constraints and the challenge that you have? Um, we talk about it when we do live reps. We'll talk about things. We'll talk about not letting the infielder throw the ball back and put their head down. Like we almost want to um for lack of a better term, we're going to take advantage of all their laziness. All their mistakes are going to turn into runs for us. Um, we never, <clears throat> we don't do anything on the basis slow. Like it's, I don't care if you're a fast or if you're slow, we're going to go hundred percent. If we're going to get a secondary and they're going to take the pitch, we're going to take a hard secondary. We're going to read it. And then we're going to sprint back. We're never going to linger. We're never going to sit. And, you know, unless we're running a play at second base where, our guy gets off and he kind of lingers, catcher towards a second, we go to third. Like it's, we are constantly cultivating them looking for more, look for more, look for more, look for more, fight for every inch. And it leads to runs and leads to victories. And it leads to, to be honest, it's a fun way to play. And they sure. buy in. It's almost like Little League, you know? And there are certain teams that are really solid and you can't do it against. And you got to know that. But, this kid and I told him, I go, well, you learned whatever. You're fine. Next time, just don't slow down. Cause what's the worst that happens? Worst that happens is you make a hard turn. Okay. Well, then the third baseman, he's probably going to throw the ball to first base. Okay. If he catches the third out, you're running hard. He makes a bad throw. You're running hard. It could go down the right field line and we score. 
worst worst case situations, what happened? A, a pick where the first baseman stops it and it just stops in front of him, which I've never seen. Yeah. It didn't bounce off. It didn't, right. you know. So we constantly look for those dirt balls on the on the bases, not just at the plate. Like read angles. Yeah. We do a lot of read angles of throws. Yeah, that's solid. And always head on a swivel for sure. I mean, that's just those are, you know, even you're teaching a guy's typically peeking out of the box, let alone peeking around the bases as they're running around, you know. Yeah. Those are good. Well, good... Do, I, I hammer that. I yeah. hammer you can't run with your head down. You have to know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen a guy go to steal second? It's a wild pitch and he slides. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it kills me. Like, <laughs> even if you don't go to third, like, make a turn. Do something. Um, right. We'll run old school where if you walk, if you're ball four and it's a wild pitch, you better be running a first because we may be going to second, depending yeah. on what that catcher does. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and if you're running with your head up and that catcher makes a throw to second, you may be able to stop and get back. You know, it's enough if you're reading angles. So we do a lot of angle reads. We do, we set it up in our base running. All of our base running is is for a purpose. It's not just conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's typically a ball in play or we're reading turns and we do base running uh, before we throw. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we take three. Every day we take three throw down bags with us um, and we set them up 90 feet and we work on running through first the right way, breaking down the right way, uh, base hit the left, base hit the right, shoulders the right way, hard turns. Um, we work on hitting in front of the bag, inside move on the overthrow going to second. Mm-hmm. And then when we're done with that, our first baseman or middle guys take those throw down bags and they work about, they work footwork around the bag defensively. I figured one time, like first baseman's got a bag most of the time around his feet. So take a throw down and just work footwork while you're doing catch play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that's how you get that time management. You really be efficient. For sure. Right. 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 And I was even thinking, cause like RJ, I, I just talked to RJ. Um, RJ's show just came out today actually. Yeah. Um, but I uh, was just like, he talked about his combo drills, like even him, like, he, you know, it's a little different there, but he still does like his own, he's at like 20 minutes. So he's like his combo drills from an outfield cutoff to then coming, coming in to do like a five, uh, three, six, three to come in and get a bunt, you know, just try to right. so, and like that kind of really opened my mind where like you're saying there is still like just better use of your time to be able to um, get the most out of, get the most out of it. Um, why not? Like, Cause you're probably only still limited to a certain amount of time. You just do base running, uh, let alone everything yeah. else. Cause I mean, like I said, that play of like reading throws, reading throws from an infield standpoint, going across a diamond, like, man, that's, yeah, you gotta be purposeful about that. Sure. And this kid's a good base runner. He's a, he's, he's a smart kid. He, um, he didn't make the wrong decision. He just kind of went about it wrong, you know? And, you know, we got when it first happened, we kind of came in like, ah, God, should you make that third out at third with our big hitter coming up? And it's like, well, at the time it was four nothing. We were ahead four nothing. I'm oh, not, yeah. I don't want to slow them down. If it was a one one game in the bottom of the sixth, that'd be a different story. Sure. You know, and we talked about that. But at the end of the day, it's like you did everything right except continue to accelerate. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, next time. No, four nothing ball game there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with that. You're trying to put put someone home. You're trying to send them home. Right. So we're trying to do at that point. So yeah, man. 
yeah. I guess I want our opponent, our opponent to show up and feel pressured from the moment they walk on. For sure. I guess that's kind of, we talked about that West coast baseball thing. It's I like, was, that's exactly where I was going <laughs> next, man. Like we're yeah. like, we're, we're going to roll right into that, man. Like, cause that's all that is, you know, it's a lot of pressure and, you know, and, and feeling those that I know you get excited to talk about your pickoffs and, and things sure. like that, that you guys do. Uh, I know you can't divulge as much as what we could at, Last, sure. time, last time we had talked, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh man, like, so <sighs> will you incorporate your base running as part of that? Like when you put it in, I'm sure that's, you don't do that right away. I'm sure it's a definitely a, maybe, uh, you build up to where you also have live runners or maybe do you, maybe like you're like the sure. jungle right away. And you just throw them all into the jungle and say, let's see how we do. Right. Um, we'll do. Yeah. So we were trying to think. We've four game. We go one day. You know Sean. Remember Sean Mosley? Yeah. Sean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean's our pitching guy. He's fantastic. He takes these guys that you look at and go, I don't know if they're ever going to pitch varsity. Next thing you know, we just threw a combined no hitter with two kids that you thought they're not going to pitch varsity, and they look great. You know. Wow. Um. So he, we were talking, and it's like we're not holding runners well. Um, and I agreed. And I said, and he goes, well, what do you think? You know, you want to talk? And I said, what, we'll work on stealing bases. You work on holding runners. Get on the mound. We'll set up three bases. And we just do it live. Like, let's go. Let's yeah. get right in the middle of that situation. Now all you guys go to second. And let's – and understand, because you can tell them. They need to see, you know, when the runner's going back to second, now deliver. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're staring at the runner, he can't go anywhere without you stepping off. So be really good at staring at the runner and then going to the plate. And the only way you get good at that is doing it, you know, live. live. Yeah. And we got no scrimmages. Oh, I'm sorry. We got one scrimmage this year. Um, so we're still kind of going through some things that only gameplay can teach, which we're fine with. Um, and that's part of it. And we've been really good at holding runners. And I think that's part of it just because we go, well, I want to work on stealing bases. I want to work on delays. You want to work on a hold. Let's do it together. It's the best way to do it. So, yeah, get right in the jungle. Get out of the zoo. Get out of the jungle because we all know when the game starts, motions are gone and it's different people and it's not funny anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of that combo stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely see, like, I see a pretty – I mean, I don't know. I guess just the, the guys that have been talking to and guys you talk to, like, it just honestly seems – that there's a lot more like, why don't we play more? Why yeah. don't we just do this and play the game more? You know, you go to a lot of other sports and it's, here's a two minute drill. We're running it, you know, like we're playing five on five basketball. Like we're just, we're going to play the game. And I think, you know, I'm guessing probably speaking something to myself too, but that's some of the things that a big change is like, you got to put them in those situations. And I love how you guys said, here's the problem. Well, we're not holding runners on. Well, I'd like to work on that. Let's play. Like, let's, yeah. You know, I guess the thing is what's tough is the, the pace of things. Like, how do you – so, like, you just mentioned there. I don't know if anybody picked it up, but you said you threw down three – like, three bases, and you had three yeah. guys going at once, so you kept right. the pace of practice up. You know, because I know, like, us, for us, we always want to kind of keep the pace of practice moving faster than the game so the game slows yeah. down. So that's it. Like, I want the practice to be ten times harder than the game. And if, and if, if we do our jobs as coaches – then we should kind of just be able to sit back and watch the game and maybe make a couple decisions. And that's, what's cool, you know, and you know, at that, that 
particular drill, the pitcher's only working with the first guy. He's trying, you know, he's picking. And you see everybody go from a coach just, you know, doing this over and over and stepping off of the back foot. He's going through the motions to where now you start seeing a real chance where this kid could get picked. And not only could he get picked, he could get embarrassed. Yeah. He could be the only one that dives back. The other two take off, you know, and it's, and you're putting pressure and we do it. And we got this, I got this from Sherm, but twice a week, we'll just go warm up, catch play, hands, drills, outfielder, hips, all that stuff. And then get right into men on first and third one out, get a pitcher out there. And even that started, that was like, Sean goes, oh, I don't, you know, cause I, and I, I'm not a pitching guy. So I'm like, if they're going to throw a bullpen, they could throw it live. Yeah. Right. And Sean goes, yeah. And, you know, it's, and it's, and then he comes around and, and we're having conversations and it becomes organic. Well, they can't throw this. Like they could throw off speed. Why would they, why wouldn't they throw off speed first and third one out in a real situation? They right. can throw off speed, throw curveball. So mix it up. Like I want our guys bunting and base running to be as realistic as possible. And in reality, we're not just throwing fastballs down the middle. You know, mm-hmm. it's, we practiced bunting last year more than anybody. And we were terrible at it. And it's like, well, we don't bunt live. We bunt off a machine. That's, you know, my six-year-old son could bunt off a machine. It goes the same place every time. Mm-hmm. So the more live you can do, the better. And it's uncomfortable and it's weird and it's frustrating, but it really pays off. No, I agree, man. I, uh, I definitely see there's a definitely difference there, you know, because it's just I think it's just hard because we can't dictate the pace. We can do for a little bit, but it's just the pace of the practice. And I think as well, it becomes uncomfortable for a coach. I know like for me, like just kind of my one of my you want to see yeah. it go well and you want to see it move well. So the game, our game just kind of doesn't have a clock. It does It kind of right. goes where it wants. Well, and in the jungle stuff, you want to see a – you want you want to see it happen how you think it should happen, right? You want to see a first and third when we run a first and third play, offensively perfect, and the defense runs it perfect, and a pitcher and when the pitcher can't throw a strike, it gets frustrating. Yeah, right? and it's like, well, this is the game now, you know. So we'll stick him out there. We had a sophomore he went out there, and I go, okay, second and third, it's a two-two count. Figure it out. Like let's let's get super used to being uncomfortable. And how are we going to deal with them? Mm. Going back to your, going back to your, uh, your own personal, yeah, challenges. Being yeah. me, you know, being you, being I'm just got to a point where I'm comfortable being uncom- being uncomfortable, you know. And the, again, there's that that life lesson that comes around, and all of a sudden, pssst, you sneak yeah. right into there when yeah. you're decompressing them and saying, "Here's life. Life just you feel like you earned your day, right?" Like you feel like you earned it. You, if you wake up in the morning, you don't do anything. Sundays are my cheat days. So Sundays I wake up, I don't work out, typically get a donut with <laughs> kids, maybe grab some bad food, you know, a couple Bloody Marys. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I feel terrible. And it's like Monday, I feel terrible. <laughs> Back in the gym and it's like, today's Monday, I'm good to go. Energy, I feel good. I've eaten clean. You know, it's like, you got to pay a little. You got to pay a little. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good, that man. You keep yourself loose, though, too. You can't keep yourself tight, and then all of a sudden, it's, that's good. Right. I could, I could use that. I could, I could definitely use that. That's a nugget for me for sure, man. I appreciate that. But you know, and you know, you're talking about how to, um, 
how to come up with those ideas. Like I sit with RJ sometimes, like our families are very close. Um, we have kids that are virtually the same age. Our wives get along great. You know, we go to USA events and our family, his wife came up here and stayed for 10 days with their kids and they help each other out, you know, awesome. uh, RJ and I'll sit and just kind of, when we were in Cary the last time we just sat, no, you have these ideas like, Oh, we're going to, we'll go to the USA. We'll do all the USA stuff. And then at night we'll go out and have a beer and some good food and see all of our friends. Next thing you know, it's RJ and I in the, in the hotel. Like, well, if we ran this first and third play, and if you yeah. tweaked it, this way, it's like such baseball nerds, but I'm into <laughs> it. And that's, and that's how those ideas come up, you know, yeah. I, you know, it's late, interesting. At, late in the early in the morning or late at night. One of the, yeah. Yeah. It's like, For sure. Just letting letting the creativity go, and he's very creative. He is he's one of the most baseball creative people I know. And there's no um, the the good thing that RJ and I are good at is both of us don't subscribe to well, you just have to do it that way because that's how it's always mm -hmm. done. Like we don't have that thought. Like there's got to be a better way. Somebody hasn't done it yet. But there's a better way. Yeah, right. That's great. Mm, that's great. So let's talk USA, USA baseball, man. Yeah, man. If you want to go on that route, They're like yeah. USA baseball, getting into that, you know, like how do you, you know, I guess putting on that hat, do you, do you kind of wear the same hat uh, where you get a chance to kind of talk about your experience, talk about your life lessons? Uh, or are you really just running your infield stuff and your base running stuff is still at that same level? Like, do you basically wear the same hat? Um, I think it kind of, uh, when I first started, it was just doing whatever I, I was told to do, like doing whatever I could find, you know, and, and such an honor to be a part of USA Baseball. And, um, you know, it's like I've said this a few times, but I, I got to wear like two of the greatest uniforms. I got to wear the United States Marine uniform and I got to wear, get to wear USA on my chest, you know. Yeah. Um, so I do you know, I've talked about, like, talking to the kids about it. Um, I've done a few little things, talking at tryouts and things about what it means and how it's not just a club or travel team and to represent your country. And, um, I, man, I can't get through the national anthem hardly without tears in my eyes every time we have a game. And I'm not ashamed of that. Like, uh, there's appreciation and there's a memories and an appreciation and, uh, a whole gamut of emotions, but like, I think I just look at that flag when the, you know, national anthem comes on and I just, I'm so appreciative mm -hmm. of, of everything of baseball, America, good or bad America, whatever, or, you know, my wife, my kids. And when I, I'm not kidding, like we'll do USA stuff and I'll just look at that hat and go like, you know how many people would love to wear this right now? So, yeah, I take that with me to USA, and then, like, it's the most honor in the world to be a part of that. So, and perspective I, again. Go ahead, sorry. Perspective again, you said. Here it comes again. It's everything. Perspective's everything to me. Um, yeah. If you lose perspective, then you kind of lose your way. And, and someone's got it worse than me on my worst day, and I and – I, may sound bad. I don't know if you can really enjoy all the good without knowing some of the bad. Um, because there's definitely been times that I've looked and I felt worse than I do today. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, but the USA thing is great. And I was accepted in USA 
with open arms by by those guys and nobody they made me feel so welcome and and i was i joke about it and butch always gets mad at me i'm like i'm so far i look at usa i'm like why am i here with all you guys like you know what i mean look at, and they're just like no you're supposed to be like if you weren't supposed to be here you wouldn't be here like yeah. you know and so it's and it is it makes me feel good confident that i i do deserve to be there um but part of it is the people you know from Paul Seiler and Ashley Bratcher and Will Shore all the way down that, that literally get a, a Christmas card. Like, Hey, thanks for being you. It's like, it's awesome. Yeah. That is pretty cool, man. No, that's, that's awesome. It's awesome, buddy. Oh man. Um, super, super cool. Be mad. Super cool, man. Um, right. Just thinking about like, so looking at all of this, you know, you're great. And then you just, you started coastal empire with RJ uh, you guys are up and down the West Coast with that. I talked to Arj about trying to get you guys out here too, East yeah, Coast. Wow. Cool. Um, but um, man, just look at that. Like, what kind of perspective, again, perspective could you have uh, to maybe talk to other guys about just being like, like the best perspective or lessons learned about being an assistant coach, like a guy with knowing their role and and fulfilling the best they can with their role. Uh, well, the, the standard one is, you know, be where your feet are. Um, knowing that you may have an idea, but it may not be the what's best for the team, and that's the head coach's plan. And, and like I said, I'm very blessed to have guys that are very open. Um, I, I'm trying to think. This year, I don't know if Coach Tolly has said no to me. Like, I don't know if that happened. I don't remember um, Brad – saying no to some of my crazy ideas like well we'll try them see what's up like you know we were talking about some of those pick plays and it's like if this doesn't work we're gonna look terrible <laughs> you know but um is is also just just trying to get better um being an example understanding how much the head coach has to do and taking pride in being i, I want to be the best assistant coach in the country Right. I want to be not just because I know baseball, but because um, I know the kids and I know life. And I want those kids to understand that there's someone there for them that that can help you, you know. And and that's the cool part to me. Like I've always said it, I I'd probably as a head coach, I don't know if I'd stress winning and losing enough. Um, yeah. Because I, I do, I believe we. Everybody talks process, 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 process. Well, if you really believe in the process, winning can't be your goal, right? Yeah. Doing everything right has to be your goal, and then winning becomes a byproduct. Byproduct mm -hmm. of day one commitment, buy-in, discipline, attention to detail. Why do we clean our shoes every day? Attention to detail. Why, you know? And it's like I want a kid that asks me the first day, like, why are we cleaning our shoes? Well, if you can't clean your shoes every day, then you probably don't have the, the ability and the discipline of the attention to detail that we need from you to be a good teammate. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it's a two minute process. And, and that's part of the deal is taking the time to do something that we ask you to do. That's only going to benefit you. And, and it's not a military thing. It's a USA baseball thing, but it's, and that's it. It's attention to detail. It's, it's pride. Um, and then from those two things, we can build a lot and unselfishness and 
and trying to make someone else a hero. If you get if you get 20 guys trying to make their guy next to him a hero, you're going to have a good team. Oh, yeah. So um, that's it. I mean, as far as being an assistant, it's just being comfortable being an assistant. Yeah. That, like, I'm perfectly comfortable where I'm at. All I right. know I'm a good baseball coach. I know I could do other things. I think one day I'll probably pull the trigger if the right thing comes. But until then, I'm going to do my best to support the – the head coach and make him look as good as he can. Well, and well, like you're saying, like you're just, you're living the the message you're saying too, which even just shows your leadership and because you're trying to help the next guy next to you, which is the head coach look like a hero. Sure. That's what you're doing, yep. you know, and yeah. then look where it's got you. Well, it's like the, the, this was his first game of the year as a head coach. And I, the last thing I told those guys was let's go get him his first win. You know, it's not, let's not make it about you. Let's make it about somebody else and watch how good things turn out. Mm-hmm. And, and we celebrate those little things. Like you sacrifice bunt and you get it down. You're a, that's a home run in our book. Like we're all out of the dugout for you. That's it. Like we sacrifice, we celebrate unselfishness. So, you know, so you know. home runs too. We just don't hit them. <laughs> Celebrate selflessness. Dag on right, man. Dag on right. Because what is that kid going to learn when he's 20 years down the, the road? He's got a little kid at home and a wife. You better be unselfish. You know what I mean? You better have something inside of you telling you this is the right way to be. And if that starts when they're in high school, then great, you know. Um, but if... You know, I don't know how kids, kids are, everybody goes, oh, kids are terrible these days. It's a whole different generation. It's like, maybe, or maybe you just need to try harder as a yeah. coach. Do something different. Yeah, That's it. Do something different. Try and try and talk to the parent. Try and talk to the kid and the player together. Like, have you, have we had a conversation about playing time with the parent too? Because what, what happens, you tell the kid, but what happens between that conversation and when he gets home? Mm-hmm. Does that kid want to impress dad so much that he said, Oh, they said I'm the best player on the team, dad. Right. Or yeah. did the kid not hear it? How you said it? Like, so if we're sitting here talking together, well now, now we're on the same page and now you know what you need to get better at. And dad knows or mom knows. And, and we're not, we're not fighting this communication game, you know, relationships. I, I do. I believe life's all about relationships and everything starts with that. Hmm. Kind of started and finished with that, man. Because you always st- started the conversation about that, you know, like just kind of your your ability as assistant coach due to the fact that this, the head coach has pulled so many ways that you're sure. able to build that relationship and, you know, get in there with and be more available, you know, in the small group setting. So, man, it kind of came full circle. Well, it's almost like the military, right? Every, most of the things I do, I learned in the Marine Corps. Yep. And it um a couple bad habits too but uh, <laughs> but every, there's a there's a general right yeah and then there's a corporal i was never a general i was the guy that had to go to the next guy and then i went to the guy above me to get things fixed if i couldn't do it that's where i'm at now like that's he you know steve's got a ton of stuff to deal with from grades to fans and now how many fans are we allowed during covid what, what's the athletic director what are we setting up is this right you know and then 
So it's up to me to take what we can handle and Sean and Marcus Silvera and the other coaches here. Uh, you know, we have a young guy named Elliot Talley who went to Clemson and he's back with the high school here and he's learning. And I find it coming upon myself to teach him the right way. Like, Hey, don't, don't expect them to be perfect. Not. So it's up to us to, to fix what we can fix. So it doesn't get up the chain of command. So he can worry about what he needs to worry about and do it as well as we can. So we continue to get that freedom you mm-hmm. know? and in order to make not only him look good, but the program look good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. They are fortunate to have, have an assistant like you, man, to be able to care, you know, Thank you. very, very fortunate. You know, I, it's, I, you can't have a good program without it. We cannot, I mean, you just, you can't, I, I just, you can't, head coaches cannot do it all themselves. Um, but so they're extremely fortunate, man, just to have a guy that just cares so much more about the program, wants to make the head coach a hero, being where their feet are, just tremendous. You know, like it's just speaking as a head, from a head coach perspective, like it's just, it's just super invaluable. And you just consistently see throughout, like, and that's why, like, right now, like, I'm just looking for, like, okay, here's why this program's really good. Look at this guy behind the scenes. Here's why this program's good. Look at this guy. Like, because it's just highlighting those those great guys that it's are so unselfish, that are so selfless, and and um, it's it's awesome, man. So be mad, you're the man. That. I take pride in that. Like, I I take pride in being the guy behind the scenes. I like yeah. it. Like, there's I've always had um, admiration for those guys. Mm-hmm. Remember Joe Dumars? You remember Joe Heck Dumars? Heck yeah, from the Pistons. Yeah, yeah. Like, Joe Dumars got no love, nah. but he was the biggest glue guy there. Like you know, or, he was kept them together because Isaiah yeah. was crazy. Played defense. Isaiah was crazy. Lambeer was crazy. You know, Mark Aguirre, and it's like you know, like Kurt Rambis. I loved those guys. I thought they were cool. Like I, I, I love Jordan too. But it's like you got to have those guys, and and I think even that, like part of it is. You know, if I became a head guy, it's like, oh man, I got to get some good assistance here. Right. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. There's no, there is a very small person. Like, there's a, there's a lot of good coaches, right. good head coaches, but like to find a guy like yourself and other great assistants like you, RJ, like Tanner, like you just do not. Right. That's I bet that's a, I bet you that's a smaller percentage. You know. Yeah, possibly. There. You know, like we have two freshmen or three freshman coaches and they're fantastic and and they're there and they're teaching the kids the right way to do things and it's like how, how do you find guys that just want to be freshman coaches right you know what i'm saying like yeah. and, and god bless them like you know and, and jv guys and it's like there someone can't get all the glory right you know? and but it's, you have to take pride in that, you know. Be Joe Dumars. Don't be Isaiah. Go be Joe Dumars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now it's just a, such a such an invaluable. Like, and like I said, I think only great pro, like in every great program, I I would debate that you just can't. It's not possible. It's not possible to have a great program without those great assistants. You know, guys that well, just I care about the program. Good, yeah, like any sport, if you ask good head coaches, most of them say I have really good people around me. It's just what it is. Just what it is. My best years, you know, and I've just been just a rock solid staff that cared more about the program and and uh, cared about those kids and it wasn't worried about where they're going to go do next or 
trying to outdo me or outdo the head coach. So, yeah, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. It's awesome. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. It's been great. So, uh, so people want to get into Empire Coast. People want to uh, maybe touch base Coastal, with you. What's the best way to yeah. do that, man? Uh, Coastal Empire, you can go to www.coastalempirebaseball.com. Okay. Um, is that long? I think. Yeah. yeah Coastalempirebaseball.com. Um, you can email me at ca. C O A S T baseball at gmail.com. Um, yeah, those two places are great. Brian Matson, just killing it. So, again, Coach Matson, you can reach him out at Brian Madsen23, all social media platforms. Great follow, great coach, and even better person. So, again, can't thank him enough. Just to rehash a little bit of things that really stuck out to me as I reflect about this episode, thinking about it. You know, Coach Matson, behind every great program, are going to have great assistance. You know, and Coach Matson's no exception to that. Uh, just a guy that just wants to make someone else a hero, a guy that wants to preach selflessness. That's the team oriented. That's what you need a great team. And a guy that doesn't need the credit, isn't looking for the next job, is comfortable where his feet are, and still willing to learn how he does his craft better, wants to learn the better way. His career takes off when he says he doesn't know everything. And here's a guy who works for USA Baseball. What are some of us doing that feel that they know everything. What are we doing? And again, it works for some people, and I guess success, just no matter how you define success. But when you could be a great person, a great coach, and do things in all areas, that's success. That's success. And Coach Matson, Brian Matson, he, he exemplifies that. So, um, again, reach out to him, connect with him. Uh, if there's anything else that you'd like, um, Coastal Empire Baseball, you're talking two great, great coaches with RJ and with Brian. And, um, you know, I'd love to get him out here on the East Coast for sure to put on and, and help them out with, with, with if I can. Um, if anybody else is also looking for other camps, uh, infield camps especially, um, to want to get them out here, uh, they'll be a great addition to the East Coast for sure. Um, Brian's email, Baseball at gmail.com. Again, a great follow on social media at Brian Madsen23. It's M-A-D-S-E-N Madsen23. So, Coach Madsen, can't thank you enough. Keep doing your thing. You're killing it. We're all better here, people. Following your lead. Making other people heroes so appreciate you thank you for all you did thank you for helping me get better and until next week keep getting better